It's great to be here this morning and share the word of God. Um, great time of worship there. Just uh, people were saying, you know, sometimes you have to break through. You really do have to turn that key in the engine. You know, uh, and to, 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 uh, when you're facing that way, you can see the struggles going on and you can see where people are trying to get through and break through. And you're, you know, but what I would say, and it ties in with the word this morning, that there, there is in us as Christians, and before we come to the Lord, and that's what I want to talk about this morning, it's in Mark 10, that there is a desperation in us. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Desperation. A general, and I don't want to get too negative here, but stay with me on this one, right? Because I know from my own personal life, and I'm a Christian now for 20 odd years, I've been ministering in the Christian church, ministering, was full time in the ministry for nearly 10 years, ministering with people. You get to understand, you get to know, and particularly in my own life, my own testimony, that there's a thing called predestination that the Lord knew us in our mother's womb. And the Lord knew a day when we would be called to him. And I said this in my last sermon, it's nothing to do with us. If we can get that peace, that's, that's something that has to really drop into your spirit. That why we're here this morning, it's nothing to do with you. Everything that is drawn us to God is of God. And God draws every man unto himself and every woman unto himself. When you hear the word man, it's man and woman. Unto himself. There's nothing to do with you. And people don't like that. They get annoyed with that. They switch off when they hear that. But I think if we come in here this morning and we understand our own lives that God has called me out of this world into such a place like this and the most natural thing I can do is worship him. Is give him glory when there's no engines having to be switched on. And there really isn't any breakthrough. That we're coming in here and we're coming in here to thank God for what he has done. And he has saved me from the pit of hell. And that is the joy that's in it. It should be in all our hearts. And that's the joy that we strive for. And it doesn't matter if there's a ten year old child up there with a tambourine playing out of tune. Yeah. I will find something to worship God about. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, but praise God. There's a general... In Mark, in Mark chapter 10 there, if you want to turn there, if you, if you can get it on the screen, if you can, I know it's a bit late now, it's good, it's in the NIV, Mark chapter 10. Last time I preached, I preached, I preached about the journey of faith and about the blind man that Jesus saved. Remember, he spit on the mud, he put the mud in his eyes and he told the blind man, he was in a certain place in, in Jerusalem and he said to the blind man, he says, go and wash your face in the pool of Bethsaida. Now, where he was at the time was a long way away from the pool of Bethsaida. And he would have had to take a really convoluted journey to get to that pool. But you know what? He had to get to the pool. That was part of the healing. And it took a lot of faith for him to engage with people, to seek the help of people, to say, will you bring me to that pool? And I guarantee you, in modern day or in Jesus' time, people would have said to him, you're crazy, go wash in that pool. Get that mud out of your eyes, this man's a lunatic. But he said, no, bring me to the pool. I have to get to the pool. And if you, if you look, if you're a person that studies scripture or studies likes the history of things, it's a long way from where he was. 
and it's a convoluted journey down into a valley and it would have, for a blind man to get there very difficult but he got there and he washed in that pool and he was healed and it's a type and if you look at it for us today when we read the scriptures the scriptures are what's called transcending that story is for now it's not a yesteryear story it's not a story from past and we like to reflect back on it. It's about what Jesus is doing now. Everything that happens in Christ's life was to be transcending. Every encounter that every person had with Jesus Christ is transcending. In other words, it's for every time and every era. This is what I can do, I'm going to do and will do. But there is processes. We're human. Jesus is God. We're human. Can we put our hands up to that? Some people think it's the other way around. We, guys, I'm going to let you in a big, bad secret. We're human. And we're frail. And we're weak. And we don't have 100% faith 100% of the time. And when we encounter Jesus in every day of the week, in every walk, there is a challenge. Christ puts things to the table and he says, this is what I'm going to do. Come to me. He says, come all of you. Come to me, you, who are weak. Watch what I'm going to do. There's always a challenge. Seek me first. Knock the door. There's always a challenge for us to do something. Always. It's never, Jesus never just usurps our will and says, you're going to be saved now and you're going to be blessed for the rest of your life. It doesn't happen like that. We have to engage. We have to come in here this morning and say, I'm going to put every bit of rubbish that's behind me this week and watch this, I'm going to bless my God with the young child playing a tambourine here with you. Not, don't get me wrong, it's fantastic worship here this morning and brilliant musicians. The lad in the bongos is deadly. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But you understand what I'm saying. The worship of God should never be on circumstances and what's going on in the atmosphere. It should never be like that. We come to the story of Mark chapter 10. And another, I want to talk about another blind man. Oh, there's all my notes. I want to talk about another blind man. It's blind Bartimaeus. Thanks, Louise. It's blind Bartimaeus, and Bartimaeus means son of the blind man. And this was a guy who, who knew about misery, and he knew about pain and hurt, and he knew about brokenness, and he had his little, he had his little corner there, and he had his little, he had his, uh, he had his cloak, and he had his identity. His identity is Bartimaeus, son of the blind man, who is blind. And that was his whole existence, that was his whole life, that was who he was, that was his identity, everything. But you know what? He was completely unhappy with it. He was completely unsatisfied with it. And that's what I was talking about this morning. That in the people, when God is calling people, in everybody's life and in everybody that has a destination in God, there's always a general uneasiness and happiness with their lives before they come to God. I've experienced that so many times over the years and I've experienced it in my own life. That the, 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 when the calling of God is in your heart, there's an, an unhappiness with what the world has to offer. Now I know plenty of people, there's plenty of people that I grew up with, 
Plenty of people in, in my life that when I look back at or when I meet them, people that I grew up with 10, 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and they're still in the same place. It's like a time capsule. If we might meet someone or bump into them and have a conversation, it's like picking up on the conversation when we were 16. Nothing has moved on. Because in their lives, I feel that they're satisfied. They're happy with their lot. And there's not much more I can do for them. I could preach till I'm blue in the face. And they're going, Why are you preaching to me? I'm, I'm, I'm grand. But then there's other guys in my life that when I bump into them, and a lot of them, are, a good few of them are Christians, that were unsatisfied with everything, unhappy with everything, and were seeking, 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 and God found them. Or they, you know, God touched their lives and set them free. Because they weren't easy with their lives that they had. There was a general unhappiness. And Bartimaeus was the same. Let's pick it up. It says, let me see if I can see this. It says, they came to Jericho and Jesus and his disciples, were, uh, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted with all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stepped, stopped and said, Call him. So they came to the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And this is the key part of the sermon. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him, the blind man says, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed and followed and followed Jesus along the road. So the last time I preached was about a man who Jesus came to and healed. And Jesus found him out. But this time this man found Jesus out. It's just a flip side of it, a different side of the story. And if you look at it, when he, when he cries out to Jesus and he says, Son of David, he understood in his heart who the Messiah was to be. The Messiah was a, a, a man to come that would heal the blind. So he, he had an understanding of this man, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He would have heard maybe a story or maybe a rumor coming around. And he sat there and as soon as he heard that Jesus was coming, now this is vital to this message, that he heard that Jesus was coming, that he cried out to Jesus. And guys, can I tell you this morning that Jesus is here. That Jesus is walking through our city every day. I'm, I'm in town all the time. I was talking to Jimmy this morning. I'm in town all the time. And it's, the gospel is being preached nearly on every corner. And people are walking by in complete disregard. Some people stand there and they might stand there for a minute. And then they walk on. And then other people are standing there and... But generally the gospel is being preached. There's a fellow that's there most weeks and he has a microphone. And he preaches the gospel with a microphone. And it's, you know, people are might thinking, whoa, this, 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 these people are crazy. But the reality is that Jesus is moving in our city all the time. This is, 
This is not just for yesteryear, but it's for today. And Bartimaeus was sitting there and he heard about Jesus coming. And the, the reason, listen guys, the reason why he called out, the reason why he called out, because he was unsatisfied with his law. I'm sure there was many blind people there. The reason why there was a lot of blindness in the time of Christ and in, the time of, in, in them days was because there was a, a deficiency of a vitamin in their food. And a lot of children were born blind. There would have been a lot of blindness in them days because of a simple vitamin deficiency in their food. So blindness was a common thing. Maybe in, in every five families, one family there was a blind person in it. So what was different between this man and all the other blind people? Or all the other lame people? Or all, all the other people that were sick? That he would cry out. And it's noted here because they, they wrote it down and marked that this was a strange situation. That there was a blind man here and he wouldn't stop shouting. And it, it was impressed on their hearts that he wouldn't give up. Why wouldn't he give up? Because there was a general unsatisfaction with what was going on in his life. With who he was. Bartimaeus, son of the blind man. And again, guys, this is for today. That the world, if we seek the world, I guarantee, and I know from my own personal experience, that we think it has a lot to offer. And I get sucked into it every now and again. And I have seasons every now and again. And there's mountains in my life every now and again. You know why it turns up? Because I start to go back into the world again and try and find satisfaction. Honestly, I do that. I hold my hands up. And I try and find something in there. Oh, that's... Yeah, I can get comfortable in that. I can sit down in that and put a cloak over me. But eventually, I'm back again, Jesus. 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 Because it just does not satisfy me personally. Why? Because Christ is in me. And I'll never be satisfied with what the world has to offer. Even though I try my best. Don't get me wrong. I try my best. But I just can't get there. And I often do be sitting in work. And I do be in the canteen. And I work for Dublin Bus. And, and some of the stuff that goes on in the canteens is unbelievable. Some of the conversations that are going on. I say, where are these guys? Are they, do, are they doing this on purpose? But I always look and I'm thinking. And I remember the other day I was thinking. I'm not like these people. I want to be like them sometimes. I want to engage in a conversation. And a shady conversation. I want to engage in that. I want to be one of these people. And I get very insecure in myself because I, I feel that I'm not, but I'm not one of these people. I just can't get there. I want to be able to go on the weekends and, uh, and do what they do. And be one of them. And be happy. But I know that's not going to work. I just know it. Blind Bartimaeus knew it. I don't want to be a blind man anymore. I heard a rumor about this guy. Jesus, come to me, he says. Come to me, he says. And they told him to shut up. Sit down there, he said, shut up. And I tell you guys, I guarantee you, if I asked, I'm not going to ask, but I guarantee you, many people had a real struggle getting here this morning. Don't have to show hands, but in your heart, a real struggle to get here this morning. Many people have a real struggle to pray. To get to your Bible now on Monday morning. Sunday is it's kind of a bit of a, 
and not the God thing, you know, but Monday morning is not really required, is it? To read your Bible on a Monday morning. Turn on the telly. Many people can put the phone down, really struggle to put the phone down. How many people struggle to get to their prayer walk? I, I, I struggle to sit in a room in a quiet room, so I don't do it. I go on a prayer walk. That's where I get it done. Because I can't sit in a quiet room. My head just won't sit down. I don't tell. So you, you, you make a way. Because any time we're trying to go to God, there's an opposition. And it'll come from the most peculiar places. I remember dealing with a guy coming from addiction. And they'd come into the rehabs, and I mean in a very bad state. Some guys down to six, seven stone away. Some guys handed to us from the mental institutions because they're suffering from a thing called drug-induced psychosis. Um, where they can't... I remember one young guy, he, he never said a word for two weeks. He couldn't speak to people. He came from the mental institution. He had a drug-induced smoking weed, a drug-induced psychosis. Where he just... His brain... What the brain does is shuts down to preserve. And his brain just shut down to, to keep him going, to keep his vital organs going. His brain shut down. He couldn't take it anymore. And it took that guy two weeks to say hello. And... Over the period of weeks, the gospel is being preached, and most a lot of these guys are unsatisfied. That's why they're in rehabs. They're unsatisfied with their life. They're like this blind man. They're, I don't want it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I want help. And they find themselves in rehabs and places like that. And no joking, you see them after about two or three months putting the weight on, looking great, talking to people, and then they have a weekend with their family, or their family come up to visit them, and the amount of, of, of opposition... Through their own family. You're not going to stay in this place any longer, are you? They're all weirdos. We've seen the Bible there somewhere. You have prayer meetings every morning. All right, we're going to get you out here. You can't stay in here too long. Don't worry about it. When you come home, we'll sort you out. You don't have to be one of these people. Don't let them suck you in. Don't let them get you. Would you not be glad? Would you not say, look how well you're doing? Would you not say, I don't care what they're saying to you. I'm so happy that you're in this place. No, the world is against Jesus. Doesn't want Jesus. I guarantee if that fellow found place in the the gods of the world, they'd be delighted for him. But once they hear the name of Jesus, sit down and be quiet. He doesn't want anything to do with you. And you don't want anything to do with him. But he pushed him to one side and he said, I want Jesus. I heard a story a long, long time ago, and it's about this, this about opposition. And it's about this uh, slave uh, in in uh, in the deep south of America. It's a true story about the slave. He was a Christian guy, and he was out duck hunting with his master one day. And his master said to him, he "says You are a Christian. I'm not a Christian. But look at my life and look at your life. Oh, you have money." I have wealth. You're always sick and you're having a penny. He says, look at you. I'm well known around the area. I have, I'm well to do. You're, no one knows you outside the plantation. He says, you, you're a Christian, but look, I'm not a Christian, but look at all the blessings I have. Look at all the good things I have. And the slave says to him, he says, yes, master, I hear what you're saying. But when we go duck shooting, 
He says, which ducks do you go after? Do you go after the ones you've shot or the ones getting away? And he goes, of course, I go after the ones getting away. He says, well, the devil knows that. He knows I'm getting away. He doesn't care about you because he knows he has you. But he knows I'm getting away. He knows I'm escaping. And that's why I'm under this stuff. And that's what's going on. And Bartimaeus says, no. I want Jesus. I don't care who comes against me. I don't care what you say. I want Jesus. And guys, that's a challenge for all of us today. Who do you, who, what's in this world? What do you value in this world? What is what really, 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 when it boils down to it, what has this world got to offer? There's nothing. There's nothing in this world that really comes to an, an inch of what Jesus has for us. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I can't get that point across. But anyway, I, may, I need to move on. So, so Bartimaeus, what he does was, and again, it's all types. When you read the Gospels, when you read the, the, the Word of God, it's all about typology and it's all about the, the, the human condition. And so what he does is, he throws the cloak off. Did you wrote that down? Because it's significant. I wouldn't have brought that down. He just got up off the ground. No. It's in here. The Holy Spirit put it in here. He threw the cloak off. The cloak was his identity. It was who he was. It was everything about him. I am the blind man that begs. And this is my identity. But it's very clear here in the Gospels that he said he threw it off. And again, when we come to Christ, everything's up for grabs. Christ doesn't bring all the crap with us. We put it down. We bring it down. We put it. We, 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 we reject it. We put it away. Behold, the new has come. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. The cloak is gone. The only bit of uh, wealth he had in his life was a cloak. It's gone. His whole identity, everything that marked him as the beggar, Brian's beggar, the son of a beggar, is gone. It's off me. I don't care about it anymore. And he jumped to his feet with great joy. And he walked towards Jesus. Or someone helped him to get to Jesus. And this is all written here for a reason. That when we come to Christ, we come with great joy. And we say, this, something's going to happen here. And I don't care about... I'm going to get a bit tough here. You can see Louise later on. I'm sure most of you have known on WhatsApp. Because we can't keep going to the past and blaming the past. A couple of years ago, there was a, my mother died when I was five. And a couple of years ago, my sister found an old photograph that I'd never seen. And it was my mother when she was about 16 with my father. And it absolutely knocked lumps down me for about six months. Every time I looked at the picture, I just bump. Because it was like looking, it was like me finding something about her that I didn't know. And it just brought me right back into a whole negative place. A very, very dark place and a very negative place. And it took me, it's like the cloak went back on again. And it was like I was starting to make excuses about everything again. Well, I can do this now because of that. And every time I look at that picture, well, look, I didn't have all what you guys have, so I can be this. And it's okay for me now to do this. Because that wasn't in my life and because 
look at me, sure, I didn't have, I was only single parent, so I can be that. And again, the cloak goes back over. I start re-identifying myself again. And I took a, it took a while, and I remember praying one day, and God broke into, me, into my heart, and he says, Eddie, I'm your father and your mother. I have everything for you. Every emotional need, everything. And then he brought me back to a memory I had when I was in treatment, where he, 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 he showed me, and he picked me up as a little child, and hugged me and kissed me. And he says, I got this. I'm in, I'm in that time with you. And he told me, take the cloak back off again. Start walking in the truth. The truth is, I'm saved. I'm set free. I have all I need in Christ Jesus. Everything I need. And I can't keep looking back. I can't keep blaming the past. And I know some people in this room have atrocious things. That's not what I went through. But again, I'd say to you, we can't go to Jesus with the cloak and have it on our back just in case, maybe. This doesn't work out. We roll it up in a tight little bundle and put it somewhere for later on. And every time someone says boo to us, we go to our little room in the house and pull it out again and start rubbing it. You know? You know? And you're still in my life, man. Start trying it on every now and again in the mirror. I'm telling you guys. You know what? There's no mention of the cloak after the miracle. No one, there's no mention of it. He went back and he grabbed his cloak again and walked off. There's no mention of that. There's no mention of his past life. No mention of his hang-ups. Don't expect that in me. I was a beggar all my life. What are we going to do? Don't expect that of me. Don't think I can do anything. Don't think. Don't put things on me, expectations on me. There's none of that. I'll finish with this. He came to Jesus and Jesus said, he says, no, hold on, bring him to me. Because Jesus reacted to his shouting. I love that. I love that. He turned, his shout, he turned, he turned Jesus' head, you know. Because he heard him shouting. He said, this fellow won't shut up. And he looked and he goes, no, hold on, folks. Bring this guy to me. I love that invitation. I love that come to me. Come to me. I love that, that a reaction to faith. That loving arm. That come, there's no one's, no one's going to stop you, kid. Come on. I just love the openness of Christ and the openness of the Christian message and it's always for us, always. No matter what you've done and what you've done wrong or how, how much you've put that cloak back on, Jesus is always saying, come to me. Come here, come on. I'm always, my arms are always open for you. And he says to the blind man, he says, come over here. But then he, he says something crazy. Just like spitting on the mud, isn't it? Just like a, something weird happens. And guys, can I tell you, coming to Christ is weird. I, I talked to you, didn't I, before about the church I was in. The weird church, everyone jumping and shouting around and all. The first time I ever in a church in my life, and it was crazy. I thought the mad bus had parked outside and let them all out. <laughs> Coming to Jesus Christ can be the most weirdest thing you can experience in your life. We are, what the Bible says, a peculiar people. Oh, <laughs> peculiar is not the word. We are peculiar. We're strange, we're different. The, the, the people out there don't understand us. 
You know, your head will be spinning coming into a place like this. This is mild compared to what I experienced. We're all very reserved in here. You know. But anyway, Jesus said, it's the most weirdest thing. He says, what do you want me to do with you? Man's blind, like, breaking all his life. You know, what do you want me to do? And you know what the casting is? If blind Bartimaeus would have said to Jesus, give us a new cloak, he would have given him a new cloak. That's what he asked. If he would have said to him, give us a few bob, he would have threw a few bob into his cup. If he would have said, help me to get this, help me to get that, he would have helped him to get that. I guarantee you, he asked him. And Brian Bartimaeus had to know what he wanted. He could have wanted a hundred things, but he wanted to see. He wanted to be a man that can contribute to society again. That can work for a living. Guys, I'm going to be hard. I am going to be tough here. I walk through Dublin City and I see able men and able women sitting in doorways begging. And then I see another guy in a wheelchair going to work. It's such a human condition. I see people struggling for their lives and going for heart transplants and waiting for kidney transplants and I see people in perfect health in a doorway begging. This is a fallen world. We live in a crazy time. We live in a place where it's just upside down. As Christians, we can't talk about certain things. I was talking to Jimmy earlier on. There's an agenda out there to shut the Christians up. There's an agenda out there that if you don't agree with us, you are put to one side. You're disregarded. And there's a new um, persecution coming, guys. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy to be a Christian in this day and age. There is a new persecution coming. And if you don't agree with this liberal set, you're in trouble. You, you have no conversation with us. You won't work here. I guarantee you there's certain jobs now in this day and age that if you go to and you're asked a certain question, and if, you don't, if it's not the right answer, you won't get a job there. If you st- stand up for something, you're not working with us. Couldn't have that type in here. Couldn't have those radical people looking for us. That would be terrible for our company to have you in front. I'm telling you there's a new persecution coming that we just don't understand about. And just as much as they tried to shut Bartimaeus up, he said, I want to see. Why do I want to see? Because I want to be a contributor. I want to start working now for my living. I want to start earning. I want to start getting married and rearing children and being what I'm supposed to be and being what I should be and being who I should be. He wanted his identity and his identity is in his sight. He could have asked Jesus for anything. Anything. But he asked him for his sight. He could have been a beggar the rest of his life. He probably made a good living being a beggar. I was talking to a fellow the other day and he was telling me how much beggars make in Dublin City and some of them make some money. I'm trying to take that away from them. But he didn't want to be that anymore. He didn't want to be that person anymore. And then the next thing we see is that I'm sure, I'm sure, listen guys, I'm sure Bartimaeus looked around him and he looked at all these people 
That one minute we're saying sit down and as soon as Jesus, you know all these yes people, as soon as Jesus says come, oh yeah, go, great. Yeah, get up off your feet, the master's calling you. I'm sure he looked at all them and says, I want nothing to do with you guys. I don't want nothing to do with you guys. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him. And it says that he followed Jesus. And what that means is he became a disciple. He walked into persecution. His new life was that he followed this man that in, in, in a few months they crucified. They killed, but he, it says he followed him. And what that means is that, that means when we read that in scripture, is he kept following him. They didn't blank him off, they didn't put him to once, he followed him for a time. It says he followed, in other words, he's one of us. He became one of us. He became a follower of Jesus into persecution. You would have think, Jen, I'd be in a beggar arm and leave him, going away from this guy and going into my new life. But he followed Jesus. He followed Jesus. Every time we come under this persecution, guys, me personally, every time we come under that, we ask and we say, Lord, you have given me my sight back. When I became a Christian back in 95, I was asked to share my testimony. I'm finished now. I was asked to share my testimony. And the first significant thing that I could understand about my testimony the first conscious thing I could say, and I'm coming from a place of dark ignorance, the first thing that I could, that I could articulate, that I could express about my new life, was that I was once blind, but now I can see. That was the first, first impression that Christ put in my life, that I was in a place of darkness, that I couldn't see my hand and face, but now I could see everything. I could see my future, I could see my past, I could see my healing, I could see the, the blessings that God has for me, I could see that I, I'm confident that I can do things that I want to achieve, that I want to go here, that I don't want this stuff anymore, that I, I'm not interested in it anymore, that I want what He has, I want to follow Him, I want to know where He wants to bring me. I'm praying to Him, I'm seeking Him, He's, he's speaking to me, he's, he's communicating with me. I could see these things, I can understand, I could feel. I could understand, I was empathetic, people around me, I could understand their feelings, whereas before I didn't give a rat's about anybody. I was aware of people's feelings, I was aware of what I was saying to people, and my, my impact on people's lives. That was my first testimony. I was once blind, but now I can see. But the next testimony is that I followed Jesus, and I've been following him for the last 20 years. It's just not enough. What we do is we follow we follow him on the Monday morning. When you might hear a little thing in your heart, get up and read two or three chapters of the Gospel. Or go for a prayer walk. Don't turn on the telly. Sometimes the Holy Spirit does that. Don't put the telly on. Go for a walk. I want to talk to you. I have something to say to you. Sometimes we think it's all about me and struggling and I'm dying to myself. But sometimes the Lord wants to say something to you. He just needs to get you on your own. Away from all the distractions. Isn't that crazy? Why don't you think about that when you're going for your prayer walk? It's not about me talking to God, but He wants to say something to me. Father, we bless you for your word. Lord, teach us, Lord, to. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Uh, no, it's okay. I'm going to invite us to come up for prayer. And the prayer, I think, this, this morning is about throwing the cloak off. And I know, I'm not saying we're holding up the cloaks or anything like that. And about choices. And about healing. 
And when I was preaching there, I really felt it impressed on my heart about not looking back, about moving forward, about allowing, allowing the cloak. Bartimaeus threw off his cloak and then he didn't worry about his cloak anymore. In other words, I guarantee you, some other guy took that cloak and was glad of it. And he didn't care anymore. He wasn't worried about her anymore. His identity. He didn't care because he was moving forward. He's not a great type that he threw it off and he left it there and he didn't worry about it anymore. Whereas his whole life was that cloak stays right beside me. Never leaves my side. That cloak was with me always. But now it's in the muck and it's in the dirt and some other lad's going to take it on me and I'll never see it again. He didn't care. He just didn't care. And that really impressed on me when I was preaching there. That we need to let things go, guys. We need to let it go. If it's abuse, if it's, if it's mistakes that you've made, if it's what people have said and done, or what you have said and done, if it's memories, if it's damaged emotions, if it's an old picture that appears in your life, and set you down the path. Wherever it is. Bring it to this altar. Bring it here today. And we'll pray for you. Amen. 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 Thank you Lord. Thank you Jesus.